Our Father, our Father, our Father, our Father in heaven, in heaven, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done on earth. On earth. On earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. And forgive us our debts. As we forgive. As we forgive our debtors. As we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us. Do not lead us. Do not lead us into temptation. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. Deliver us. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. The kingdom and the power. The power. power and the glory. The glory. And the glory forever. 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 Amen. All right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to the sixth and the final week of our series entitled The Lord's Prayer. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Man, we're excited to have you guys. So throughout Lent, I've been teaching what we call as the Lord's Prayer. Technically, in Luke chapter 11, we read in verse 1 and 2, the disciples actually came. One of the disciples, we don't know who it was, but one of the disciples came to Jesus because they saw Jesus. He would wake up every day, and the Bible says he would go to a solitary place, and there he'd pray. And one day, one of the disciples said, Lord, what you're doing each day? See, they saw that he would go, he'd spend time in prayer, and he'd come back and move in power. You show me somebody with a prayer life. You show me somebody that talks to God and hears from God. I'll show you somebody that's praying, and I'll show you somebody that moves in power. And so they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so we've been teaching through what we would call the Lord's Prayer, probably better known as what would be called the Disciples Prayer. We're teaching through the Lord's Prayer, as we're learning how to pray ourselves. Now, I want to give a couple of qualifications up front. Number one, I prayed the Lord's Prayer for 30 years. <clears throat> I don't believe it's the only way to pray. I do believe it's a way to pray, but I think there's great value in learning how to pray through this prayer. Number two, I do want to say this as well. I think anytime you recite scripture, and this is important, I want everybody at every one of our campuses to hear this. If I just open the Bible and read Scripture, there's great power in just reading Scripture. But I don't believe our Lord intended for us to just recite this portion of Scripture. Actually found in this, I believe, that there are six different topics. And we're kind of finishing our lap. We did week one, week two. And today is kind of the sixth topic in the Lord's Prayer, if that makes sense to you. And as the Lord taught this, and as we pray this, we actually pray the different aspects. Week one, we talked about our Father who art in heaven. I said this, all prayer starts by looking up. We don't look within. Prayer, biblical prayer does not start by looking within. It actually starts by looking up to God, the one that helps us, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Week two, I talked about when Jesus said, he said, pray this way. And by the way, I pray it every day. Let thy kingdom come. Everybody say, let thy kingdom come. Everybody say, let thy will be done. So each day we participate. This is powerful with God praying for his kingdom to come in the earth. Our Lord told us to pray that way. Week three, I talked about what does it mean to pray this way? Give us this day our daily bread. Two things. One, the bread of God is the word of God. We're asking the Lord each day to speak to us through the word of God. Jesus said it this way, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. You are a spirit, 
before your body. Your body's going to die, but your spirit's going to live forever based upon what you've done with Christ determines where it goes after you die. Man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every what? Say it. Word that proceeds in the mouth. So we are spiritually nourished as we feed upon God's word every day. We uncover this word and God breathes upon it to speak to our heart. But it also talks about our practical needs. Pastor Steve, is it okay? Is it like right to pray for God to like help us meet our practical needs? Does God care about that? Absolutely he does. Give us this day our daily bread. And then I talked about forgive us our debts. This is the fourth topic. First topic, our Father. Second topic, praying the will of God, the kingdom to come. Third topic, these are categories in this prayer. Fourth topic, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts or sinned against us. I talked about the power of forgiveness. Last week, by the way, how many of y'all enjoyed my friend Brett Fuller last week? Didn't he do a good job? My wife and I got to spend uh, the morning with our South Shore campus. Our West, we call it the West Esplanade campus. It's in Kenner. A great campus over there. And wonderful group of people. And Pastor Brett talked about the power of praying this each day. Lead us not into temptation. Question. Are we asking God, does the Greek actually in the original language mean that God is leading us? No, it doesn't mean that he's leading us. It actually means in the Greek, it means, Lord, don't let temptation overtake us. But deliver us from the evil one. We pray that each day. Today, I want to finish with the last piece, but I want to do this one more time. I'm going to ask everybody, Matthew chapter 6, and I just thought it would be appropriate. All of our campuses will read it together. I, I teach often through the New King James Version, and that's what we'll read it in this manner. Therefore, pray. We're going to just read it, all of our campuses. I think there's power in this at the count of three. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven. Come on. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, the power of praying through the Lord's Prayer. Six different topics. Today, I want to talk to you about the sixth topic. It's, those last, it's that last line. When Jesus turned to the disciples, remember, he's teaching them how to pray. And he says, this is how I want you to end the prayer. I want you to pray this way. For yours is the kingdom. What is he doing? He's refocusing them back up. It's not about their needs at this point in time, but I want you to focus on. In other words, focus back. For yours is the kingdom. Don't miss this. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Amen. Question. Pastor Steve, is that just like a salutation? In other words, you guys ever written a letter? You get to the end and you thought, you know, sometimes we'll do kind of you know, we'll add a little thing. And even as a pastor, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, commit it to the cause or it's an honor to be your pastor. Sometimes I can't think of anything. I'm just like, sincerely. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, sometimes we, you know, you know, it was so good seeing you, you know, and then you write your name, you know. Pastor Steve, is this, is this part of the Lord's Prayer simply a salutation where Jesus is saying, you know, just kind of sincerely? 
Or is there a lot more intentionality and strategic power in each one of these words? I want to say the latter, not the former. I think that Jesus, it's so strategic. And you're going to see it in just a moment. Every word of this last line, it's actually the sixth topic that we pray. First topic, our Father. Second topic, let thy kingdom come, thy will be done. These are topics, not just to be recited, but to be prayed through. And now, the last one. For yours is the kingdom. <sighs> For yours, guys, he's looking at the disciples. Pray this, guys. Before you go to work, you're getting ready to go to your job. Pray this, guys. They had a job. We have jobs, right? Before you go do what you're called to do, I want you to pray this. For yours, I'm refocusing your attention, guys. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. What is he doing? He begins with praise and he actually finishes this prayer with praise. You know what praise is? Praise is thanking God verbally with your mouth for who he is and what he's done. Praise. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Something about thanking God. You start off with thanking God. You end this prayer with thanking God. By the way, every year during Thanksgiving, I'll usually teach for a week or two, and I'll teach on the power of gratitude. Now, talk about us expressing gratitude to other human beings, right? I talk about writing letters, sending an email. There's a value in that and expressing. By the way, when you express gratitude to another human being, it does something in you. What does it do in you? It releases those healthy chemicals, those endorphins, you get dopamine, it goes through your body, it's as healthy, it makes you feel better. When you express gratitude, it helps you, but watch this, it also helps the one that's receiving it. And I talk about maybe an old coach, you know, that helped you, that believed in you, or maybe a teacher, or somebody writing a letter, and it's something that happens on the inside of us when we communicate. Coach, I wanted to say this, thank you for believing in me. Thank you so much. When I didn't believe it myself, and whether, I, I've often done that to seminary professors and teachers that believed in me and, and, and championed and, 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 and walked with me, and, and there's something that happens in us when we express gratitude and in the recipient. Do you know in the same way, the greatest way, that the greatest person that we should thank is not just a human person, but it's God himself. Give thanks to the Lord for it is right and it is good. And the ending of this prayer, it's to, to lift our voice. By the way, praise is something that we have to participate with verbally. I, I, I love, I had a conversation with a guy one time. He said, Pastor, I'm kind of more of the reflective type. I like to get away in the nature. Nothing wrong with that. And just kind of think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's great value in that. But, but the Bible talks about praising God. Thank, praise, let me tell you what praise is. It is a verbal declaration of thanksgiving. To praise God. It is good and right to open your mouth and to praise God. By the way, you know, praise is, is something that's so powerful because we begin the Lord's prayer with praise. We end the Lord's prayer with praise, focusing and thanking. For yours is the kingdom, O oh God. Lord, your, yours is the power. What are we doing? What, what is Jesus telling them to do? There's, there's a tendency in all of our lives because of the, because of the complexities of life, because of the, the, the challenges of life where we want to go myopic, 
We have our concerns. We have our preoccupations. We have, our, we have the, the, all of the challenges of life. You know what happens? We, we tend to get self-absorbed, self-focused. What is Jesus doing? He's, he's detaching them from overly focusing on self. And he's saying, put your eyes back up. Put your eyes back up because your power, your strength, your kingdom. Listen, it's coming from God. It's not coming from yourself. Now you participate in it, but it's not, it doesn't generate within you. And he's, he's, he started off by looking up. He's saying, guys, get your eyes back on. Get your, get your eyes back on heaven. Your help comes from the Lord. For yours is the kingdom. Guys, pray this. You're getting ready to leave to go to work. You're getting ready to leave to go to school. You're getting ready to walk out and tackle the day. You, you, you tackle the day by, by looking to God. You tackle the day by understanding you're part of his kingdom. You look to God and you understand that he gives you power. You look to God and you understand that you carry his actual glory. When I look at this and I look at the power of this, praise is, is on the front end. Praise is on the back end. By the way, praise, praise is a weapon in the Bible. Praise creates an atmosphere of the miraculous in our lives. When we learn to lift our voice, and I know what some of you think, well, I'm, you know, I just consider myself reserved. Well, you're not going to like heaven. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of shouting. There's a lot of praising in heaven. Can I have a big amen right there? I, I just, listen, read the book of Revelation. By the way, I'm probably going to teach through it again this fall. I did it six years ago. Read the, there's praising and they're worshiping the lamb that was slain before the foundation. And the Bible says all of the people around the throne, they fall down in worship and praise before God. What are you going to say when you get to heaven? That's not my personality. Everybody say praise. You're standing in the presence of Almighty God. You're captured by God. The Listen, you got to lift your voice. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It transcends personality. It's a, it's a verbal declaring of gratitude to God. You guys remember the New Testament Paul and Silas, they were thrown. They were always, by the way, Paul was always getting thrown in prison for preaching the gospel. And they threw him in the Philippian prison and, and he began to lift his voice and begin to praise God. Remember what I said? Praise creates an atmosphere for the miraculous in your life. I had one of my boys tell me one time I was going through a tough time in my own personal life. And he goes, Dad, can I just be honest? He goes, why are you outside? We have a deck in the back. You're just kind of walking around. You're praising God. He goes, I would just be kind of bummed out if I was you. I said, let me just tell you something. I don't just praise God in the good times. I need to praise God in the bad times. Matter of fact, the reason why we praise God is so we don't have to stay in the bad times. Praise actually helps us to get from that place to a better place. <laughs> praise does that. And it's because we're focusing on God who can change circumstances in our lives. So back to Saul and, or back to Paul and Silas, they're in the Philippian jail. They're lifting their voice. They're praising God. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Bible says, power of God comes down. They, that jail is shaken. Bam, that place opens up. They go, the Philippian jailer, listen, he's so freaked out. He's getting ready to kill himself because he realized that Paul got loose. And Silas, Paul said, don't do that. He leads him to Christ. By the way, when you, begin a, when you become a praiser, what does that mean? Praise means when you verbally thank God. When you verbally become someone, where you verbally thank God, it creates an atmosphere, not just where you get free, but people get free around you. It creates an atmosphere in your home. That's why dads, moms, we ought to worship and praise God. Why? It creates an atmosphere for the miraculous. 
Hebrews 13, 15, therefore by him let us continually offer sacrifice of praise to God, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Praise. Everybody say praise. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, okay, we're going to begin this thing. We're going to begin our father. You're looking up. You don't look within. You're looking up. We've got a generation of people right now that are trying to get in, in touch with within. Let me just say this. I don't want to get in touch with within. I want, I want to know the manufacturer who made the product. I'm not interested in talking to different products about how the product's supposed to work. In him we live and move and have our being. He's the one that created me. He knows how to help me. doesn't mean that I don't process life with other individuals, but I'm going to tell you something. Ultimately, we got to look to God. We look to God. Where does my help come from? From the Lord. So how do we finish this prayer? Pastor Steve, is this just a salutation? Is Jesus just signing off saying sincerely? No, he's saying much more than that. He actually gives three words that are very strategic. Watch this. Kingdom, power, and glory. This is awesome, man. Kingdom. Here's what he says. When you walk out of that house... I want everybody at every campus, I want you to lean in on what I'm about to say. Everybody listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus wants those disciples and he wants us to know that when you walk out of your house and you go to work and you finish praying through the Lord's Prayer, number one, he wants you to know that you're a participant in the kingdom of God. Number two, he wants you to know that you are a conduit of his divine power. And number three, he wants you to know that you're a vessel to carry his glory wherever you go. That's a whole different thing. Listen, listen, y'all. That's a whole different thing than just a little sincerely. Number one, yours is the kingdom. Everybody say yours is the kingdom. What is the kingdom of God if you weren't here six weeks ago? The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in the earth. It's the invisible kingdom. The, the rule, by the way, the Jewish disciples, the early disciples, all were Jews before they gave their heart to Christ. They, they, they thought in Acts chapter 1, after the resurrection, they thought that Jesus was, is this time, matter of fact, one of them said, is this the time when you're going to restore the kingdom? They thought the kingdom of God was Israel becoming the, the big cheese again, where Israel was going to take over in a monarchy. They were going to become the military power once again in the earth politically, and they were going to rule the Middle East. Jesus said, no, 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 you don't understand something. He says, my kingdoms are not of this world. My kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. And by the way, the rule and reign of God, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God in the earth. The kingdom of God is not synonymous with heaven. This is important. The kingdom of God is in heaven, but the kingdom of God transcends heaven because the kingdom of God and the rule and reign of God is in the earth as well. And by the way, as a Christian... When you become a Christian, your sins are not just only forgiven. You become a subject of the kingdom of God. Oh, by the way, not only do you become a subject of the kingdom of God, but you have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. When you understand what you become as a child of God, you are, you are, you are a participant in the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God in the earth. That means no darkness has authority over your life, but you have authority over the works of darkness. That means, listen, you have authority over, over all of the works of the enemy that the enemy tries to come in. Listen, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. Why? Because you're part of the kingdom of God. You have to understand who you are as a, cry, a child of God. 
Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You have kingdom authority, sir. Ma'am, you have king, you're, a, you're, a, you're a kingdom woman. You're a kingdom man. What does that mean? That, mean does, that doesn't mean you have authority over people. That means you have authority over the works of darkness. That means fear doesn't have to rule your life anymore. That means those addictions don't have to rule your life anymore. That means shame from your past doesn't have to rule your life anymore. You are, you're a kingdom woman. You're a kingdom man. The Bible says it gives good pleasure for Jesus to give you his kingdom authority. Pastor Steve, okay, so as a Christian, that means I'm not just forgetting my sin. I actually walk in a new dimension. That's absolutely, that's absolutely what the Bible says. You used to be part. Do you know that right now, I want everybody to hear me, every campus, do you know right now the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one, Paul writes, except children of God. Why is that? We've been delivered from the power of darkness. We've been delivered from the power of darkness. Colossians chapter one, verse 12. Giving thanks. What is praise? It's verbally declaring thanksgiving to God. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers, to be participants of the inheritance in the saints and the light. He has delivered us. He has delivered us. If you're a child of God, if you've confessed Christ as your Savior, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been delivered. What have you been delivered from? You've been delivered from the authority or the power of the darkness, listen, that covers the earth. You're no longer part of that kingdom. You're part of a different kingdom. You, you know, I, I remember when I got saved, my brother said, well, you're going to be back. Back to What? Back to living like the world again? I don't want to go back to that. Back to, what I, back to not remembering what I did the night before? I don't want to go back to that. Back to the shame of things that I don't want to. No, I'm not going back. There's nothing to, I mean, there's nothing to go back to. I'm moving forward. We've been delivered from something, and we've been brought into something else. Delivered, I'm not real smart, but that's like past tense. We've been delivered. Everybody say, I've been delivered. <clears throat> When you receive Jesus Christ, you're not just forgiven of your sins. You've been delivered. <clears throat> you've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness. Watch this. And you've been conveyed or brought into the kingdom of the son of his love. That's the kingdom of God. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In the kingdom of God, there's a king. And his name is Jesus. And we are part of his kingdom. When you leave the house and you finish praying this, let me tell you what Jesus wants you to know that you have a mindset. I'm part of the kingdom of God. I'm a kingdom man. I'm a king. Ladies, I'm a kingdom woman. And I bring the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean you have authority over people. You have authority over the works of darkness. You have authority over lust. You have authority over pride. You have authority over fear. You have authority over that anxiety. You have authority over anything that the enemy would try to throw on you. Listen, when it hits that kingdom shield, it falls off of you. Because you're a kingdom person. You're a kingdom woman. By the way, at all of our campuses to get people out of our parking lots, we have law enforcement. How many of y'all appreciate all the policemen, policewomen? Come on. We appreciate all of them. <clears throat> Listen to me. When they stand in the road, if a semi-truck is coming, they don't have physical strength over that semi-truck. 
But when they put their light out and they put their finger out, watch this, that truck stops, not because they have physical strength, but they have the authority that's invested in them in the local parish or the county where some of our campuses are or the state. They have authority based upon the authority that's been given to them and they have a badge. Can I tell you something? We in, in and of ourselves, we're not stronger than the devil by ourselves, but we have the authority of Jesus Christ and because he's defeated the devil and because we belong to his team and because we have kingdom authority... And we, we, can look our, look at, we can look at the darkness in our life and say, take your hands off of God's property. I belong to Christ. I'm a part of a child of God. Uh, you submit to the authority of Jesus Christ, devil. Listen, I can resist him and he can flee, the Bible says. We belong to the kingdom of God. Doesn't this get you fired when you get fired up when you're leaving the house? You don't leave the house. You know, I'm just, oh, I'm just kind of in the mully groves just to got another. You're a, you're a kingdom man. You're a kingdom woman, ladies. Ooh, can't you feel that? Man, I mean, you, listen, let me tell you something. You got the armor of God on. You're dressed for success in the spirit. You got your shield of faith. You got your helmet of salvation. You got the name of Jesus. And Jesus is trying to tell these disciples, guys, you got to understand that. You're a partaker of the kingdom of God. You're a partaker. Everybody say, I'm a partaker. I'm trying to teach you the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm trying to teach you. You're a partaker of the kingdom of God. You're a partaker of his authority. It's not your authority. It's his authority. But you are a partaker and you have authority over fear. Our world is melting down around us. You have authority, by the way, over the works of darkness. And even if you have unsaved people in your home and in your family, you can declare, my home belongs to Christ. I declare the kingdom of God belongs in this place. I declare the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. You know, my mom, my mom had a Bible study in my home. And uh, when I was a young teenage boy, just not serving God, and there was 20 spirit-filled women. They'd come into my, when I wasn't there, they'd anoint my room with oil. You may think it's crazy. I don't care. It's biblical. They anointed my, they would pray, God's power come in this room. I'd come in there, you know, just this unsaved teenage 17-year-old. You know, it's like, I couldn't, it's just like, man, let me tell you, I was just all rattled. Why? Because it was Twenty spirit-filled women praying for God's kingdom to come. Everybody say, let your kingdom come. Say, let your will be done. Man, they're praying for me, anointing my room with oil, ripping down those posters. <laughs> taking authority. My mom says, uh, you're, let me tell you, you can live in this home, but I, I'm taking authority over the works of darkness in this room. I'm going to tell you something. You know how hard it is to serve the devil if you're 17, if your mom's just prayed for the kingdom to come and the will to be done of God's? I'm just telling you. You're not more powerful than 20, 20 spirit-filled women that just prayed in your room. Listen to me. Pray over the rooms of your kids. Pray over the rooms of your family. Declare the kingdom of God to come. Declare the will of God to be done. All right, I got two quick points. I got to go. All right, everybody say, yours is the kingdom. Yeah. The next one is yours is the power. First Chronicles chapter 29, 12. In your power, in your hand is power and might. Psalms 145, 10. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. And they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power and make known the sons of men, his mighty acts and his glory, glorious majesty of his kingdom. 
Number one, we are partakers of his kingdom. Number two, watch this, we are conduits of his power. We carry the power of God. We serve the God of the universe. Let me tell you, we carry his power. Don't forget that. It's interesting, I, I, I read one time, it's really interesting but funny story, true story of the New Year's Day parade. And you guys have seen them for years. In our, in our nation, it's a big thing. And, and one time there was one of the floats that literally ran out of gas. Now watch the irony of this. And when they went down there and they realized which float, it kind of just, everybody was just stalled behind it. One of the reasons why the floats ran out of gas, it ran out of gas, but the float was actually owned by the Standard Oil Company. Now, for those of you that don't know American history, that kind of broke up. There's a lot of different oil companies that came out. It was a, that was the big deal, the standard. The, I, I thought of that. The irony of the float that's owned by the standard oil company that has the largest, vast, you know, rule over these oil empire, and yet it ran out. Can I tell you something? There's no way that that float should have ran out. Somebody didn't do their job. Can I tell you something? And there's no reason that a Christian should ever run out of strength or power because we belong to somebody a lot bigger than the Standard Oil Company. It's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has all power, all strength, all might. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of the They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Why? Because the power belongs to God and he wants to give it to his children. And let me tell you something. Life wants to squeeze you. Life wants to press you. Life wants to do all of this to you. That's why we need to draw upon God's strength. It's not your Enneagram. It's not your Myers-Briggs test. It's not your type A. Let me tell you something. It's we belong to God. God is the one that gives us strength. God is the one that gives us power. For yours is the kingdom. You leave your house with that mindset. You're a kingdom man. Sir, you're a kingdom man. Ladies, you need to say, I'm a kingdom woman. You need to say, I'm a kingdom man. You, you walk with the mindset that you have the authority of the kingdom of God, that you live a part of a different kingdom, not enslaved to the mastery of the enemy of this world, but you've been bought out of that, placed into a different kingdom. You have different values. You talk differently. You walk differently. Why? Because you belong to Christ and you carry his power. You carry his power. You carry his power. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not our own strength. It's not carnal bravado and the strength of personality. It's the strength of God. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Speaking to a large audience, Dwight L. Moody, the late great evangelist, said one time he had this glass this empty glass up, and he said, there's air in this glass. How do I get the air out of the glass? How do I get the... Somebody jumped up and yelled out, suck it out with a pump. And he thought, suck it out with a pump. And he had a pitcher of water. And he says, how about pour something else in it that drives it out? And he says, and then he filled it up and he says, listen, water, let me tell you, water will drive anything out of there. The point of the matter is that a lot of times we're trying to fight sin going, I'm just going to overcome this sin. I'm just going to overcome anxiety. How do you get anxiety out of your life? Not by focusing on anxiety. It's by getting full of God. Because when you're full of God, it'll drive anxiety out. When you get full of God, it'll drive fear out. When you get full of God, it draws lust out. When you get full of God, it draws... In other words, the more you get fill, filled with God, it's like the more you have power to drive whatever's in you that's not good for you, driven out. 
Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Number one, Jesus says, listen, guys, you get ready to leave. I mean, this is like this is happening real time. You get ready to leave to go to work. All right, remember this. Go back. Focus back on me. Say this. Say, yours is the kingdom. You're a participant. Guys, he's telling his disciples, you're a participant in the kingdom. And I want to say to everybody, every campus, when you leave home in the morning, leave with the kingdom mindset. You're a kingdom man. You're a kingdom woman. You live differently. You carry the authority of Christ. You have authority over all the works of darkness. Not in your own strength, but because of that badge. The kingdom badge. Number two, you carry his power. And number three, watch this, you're a vessel of his glory. I'll close with this. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. The word glory is an important word. And there's two ways that we can talk about glory. Number one, please don't miss what I'm about to say. Glory speaks of the awesomeness of God, but it also speaks of the nearness of God. Many of you will go on vacation this summer and some will go to the mountains, some will go to the beach. And when you go and you see an, a beautiful, majestic mountain peak, there's something that on the inside of us, it's like, whoa, this is amazing. Why? Because we're gazing upon the handiwork of God. Maybe you see a sunset or an ocean crashing, a wave crash. There's something. When we see the glory of God, it's like we, we see the, his glory in his creation. It's the awesomeness of God. To glorify God is, is to, to declare with our mouth, God is good. God is amazing. But don't miss this. The glory of God is, does not just speak of the awesomeness of God, but it also speaks of the nearness of God. Did you know that you can sense the presence of God? Now, I want everybody to hear me. If you're new to Christianity, this is a new thought. But when you become a believer of Jesus, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart. Watch this. And God wants you to actually sense his presence. We don't live by feelings, but I am so glad when we can feel the presence of God. God is in you whether you feel it or not. But when you worship God, I'm telling you, God's presence, it's like it, it, it tangibly manifests and you can sense his presence. Let me give you a scripture and I'll close. Second Chronicles chapter five. I'm talking about being a vessel of his glory. He's telling these guys before they leave home, you're a kingdom man, carry kingdom authority. Number two, watch this, watch this. Carry my power, but watch this. Watch this, be a conduit, be a conduit of my glory. Second Chronicles chapter five, here's my last verse. Here's what it says. This is Solomon dedicating the temple of the Lord, the first temple built in Jerusalem, talking about the tangible nature of the glory of God. And it came to pass when trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good. There it is. Praising and honoring God, for he is good. They're glorifying God. Here's what I found. When we glorify God, God's glory comes near. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud. What is the cloud? It was a tangible sense of the presence of God. So that it was so thick, the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house. 
you know, sometimes when some people come in and worship and they'll say, Pastor, I, during that singing part, you know, the singing part that y'all do, he goes, I just start crying sometimes. I'm going to tell you why. Because you're feeling the presence of God. It's the presence of God. You're not crying because there's things that are sad that are going on in church. You're feeling the presence of God. Can I tell you something? God wants you to sense his presence. But watch this. Not just for you, but that you carry his presence into a broken world. Friends, listen to me. Listen to me. Our world is broken. They're desperate. And they need somebody to carry. You ever seen somebody that's been in prayer and they walk out and there's just, a, there's just like a shine on them? You know what that is? It's the presence of God. Friends, we can carry the tangible presence of God. That's what our world needs. Our world is filled with hurt and brokenness and pain. What would it be like if all the thousands of Church of the Kingers or all the thousands of the people in the body of Christ that know Christ carried the presence of God into the broken world? Let me tell you something. We can transform the globe for Christ. We've got to see ourselves as kingdom people. We've got to see ourselves as, watch this, conduits carriers of his power and vessels of his glory. Paul says, we carry this treasure in earthen vessels. Let's be carriers of the presence of God. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. If you do not know Christ, if you're not sure about your relationship with God, I want to pray with you right now. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. I want to pray for you. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. At all of our campuses, those that are joining us online, at every location that we have, you say, Pastor, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever surrendered your heart to Christ? At the count of three, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you with a show of hands, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. If that's you, one, two, three, quickly hold your hand up high. God bless you, ma'am. I see yours. God bless you right there. God bless you right there. God bless you, sir, right there. Anybody else, Pastor? God bless you right there. God bless you up top. Anybody else say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure. God bless you, ma'am. Yeah, the presence of the Lord is here. Church family, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ right now. Can we just pray? This is the most important prayer they'll ever pray. All of us together, let's say, dear Jesus, come on, say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Hey, if you just made the decision to give your life to Jesus, we just wanna take a minute and say, congratulations. The Bible says that right now you are new, you are forgiven, you are a brand new creation in Christ. And what you're gonna wanna do right now is pull out a calendar and circle this date or set a reminder in your phone, whatever it takes, but this is a day you're not gonna want to forget because today your brand new life with Jesus begins. 
And the great thing about this is that you don't have to walk this out alone. We have people who are here ready to pray with you, answer any question that you may have on what it means to follow Jesus. And all you have to do is click the link in the chat room or text the word decision to 822-822 and one of our pastors would love to reach out to you. Well, guys, next week is Easter at Church of the King, and we are so excited because it's going to be incredible as we celebrate our Savior as a church family. But did you know that Easter is the perfect time to invite someone to church? Statistically, people are more likely to say yes to our invitation for Easter weekend than any other time of the year. So we wanna encourage you right now to begin thinking about and praying about who you can invite to Easter services here at Church of the King. And also, Angel, isn't your birthday on Easter weekend this year? That's right, it's my birthday. And hey, we've got some incredible things happening next weekend along with my birthday. And we just want you to know that it is not too late to start inviting some people to join you. We cannot wait to see what God does next weekend. So go ahead, be thinking about who you can invite. And we, as your church family, are joining with you in prayer. And we're believing that God is gonna touch those people that you invite. So with that being said, we are so excited for next weekend. We cannot wait to see you. Have a great week. We'll see you then.